Welcome to the Dr. Wyatt Show, where developing a long-lasting, happy relationship is the status symbol to achieve. And following my six marriage steps is a path to help get you there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in couples counseling. Be sure to send me your questions that you want me to address on the show. You can email me. It's info at drwyattfisher.com. And be sure to follow me on your favorite social channel. You can find me at Dr. Wyatt Fisher. So today I'm going to talk about marriage counseling and relationship advice. I'm going to be going through seven patterns, seven mistakes that I see couples make in my practice. So I've been in private practice since 2004. I specialize in couples. So I see a lot of marriages come through my door. And through the years, I've noticed the same patterns, the same problems, the same mistakes. So make sure you stick around for all seven. I'm going to go through seven. And the seventh one is actually the most important. So number one is this pattern of not clearing the air. Are you guilty of this? Think about how often you have hurt feelings you keep in. You have feelings from being dismissed or feelings from your needs not being met or feelings from being disrespected, but you hold it in. Maybe you hold it in because you don't want to start a fight. Maybe you hold it in because you don't want your partner to get defensive. Maybe you hold it in because you talk yourself out of your negative feelings because you convince yourself you're being too sensitive or you're being too needy. Whatever the cause, a lot of partners hold it in. They keep their negative feelings inside. And that's a problem because when we hold in negative feelings, they come out in other ways. We wall off, we detach, we become passive aggressive. So I see this with a lot of couples I work with is this tendency to hold in their negative feelings instead of clearing the air. Number two, another pattern I see is not compromising. A lot of couples struggle sharing power. And so one partner is more dominant, one partner is more passive. Sometimes that's across the board. Other times it depends on the category for the couple. But there's this chronic pattern for a lot of couples of not learning how to compromise. Imagine you have a teenager and they're misbehaving. Partner A thinks you should come down this way. Partner B thinks you should come down that way. Whose way is going to rule? That's where you compromise. You develop this unified front. You negotiate. But a lot of couples struggle with compromising. Another way this comes out is one partner will ask their partner to do things their way, their preference. And no one wants to be told what to do. And that keeps your partner's internal motivation for follow-through low. So I see this a lot. It's a common problem. A common pattern is a lack of compromise. Number three is not tending to their partner's needs. This is another pattern I see. When this occurs, it's usually because one partner becomes self-absorbed. They focus more on their needs, what they want, what they desire, and they lose track of their partner's needs. They don't tune in. They don't focus on what their partner's looking for, what's going to fill up their partner's love bucket because they're distracted, they're too busy, they get self-absorbed with their own needs. This is a big problem, a big pattern, because when one partner is doing that, they're not focusing on their spouse's needs, that demotivates that partner to focus on their needs, and now we've got a vicious cycle. Neither partner's needs are being met. So that's a big problem, a big pattern I see. Number four is not having skills. If you think about how many college courses you have been through, to get your associates, to get your bachelor's, to get your master's, to get your career, that's a huge amount of training. And then if you add to that all the continuing education, all the certifications, 
you probably have been through a lot of training for your career, but when it comes to our marriage, we get no training. We're not taught how to do this stuff. We're not taught how to have conflicts correctly. We're not taught how to cultivate emotional intimacy. We're not taught how to share power. We're not taught these things. So the majority of couples I see lack training. They lack practice. They lack know-how. They lack tools. So that's another major pattern I see with couples. Number five is not taking ownership. This is a huge pattern I see with couples where they'll have vicious cycles, they have all these dynamics, they have these conflicts, but there's a problem because one or both partners are not able to take ownership for their contribution to the issue. And when one or both partners is not taking ownership, you can't move forward because no one wants to feel like they're getting blamed for everything in the marriage. It's almost never the case. Once in a great while, maybe. But most of the time, both partners are contributing. Both partners are doing something. Both partners are playing a role in the conflict or in the tension or in the dynamic, the problems in the relationship. But there's a problem of taking ownership. This actually happened in my own marriage. I've shared my story before. My wife and I went through winter season for a long period of time. And in my mind, it was all my wife's fault because she brought a lot of trauma into our relationship. So in my mind, I had decided there was nothing I could own. It was all my wife. And that was a problem because what I didn't realize at the time is how I was reacting to her trauma was contributing. It was making it worse. It was exacerbating the dynamic. And the moment I could start latching onto my part, the moment I could start owning my piece, the moment I could start seeing how I was making things worse, things started to get better. Because then I stopped blaming my partner. I started looking at my part and I started working on how I could get better, how I could improve, how I could change. And that motivated my wife to take more ownership for her side and it got us unstuck. We started moving forward and that's the primary thing that helped us move from winter into spring. Are you doing the same? Are you blaming your partner? Are you not looking at your part? Are you not owning your piece? You have to look at how you're contributing to the dynamic in your relationship, own it, and then that's what you can control, that's what you can work on, and that's gonna inspire your partner to do the same thing, and that will help you move forward. Number six is not prioritizing quality time. Couples are too busy. When they're dating, they have lots of quality time. They're married for a few years, they have no quality time together. Love is like a fire. You make a fire, you have to tend to the fire. You have to add some kindling, add some wood, add some starter logs, you have to blow on it here and there. If you walk away from the fire, it's gonna go out. So you have to keep an eye on the fire. You have to pay attention to the fire. You have to nurture the fire or else the flames die down. That's what happens for couples. They stop tending to the relationship. They stop going on dates. They stop having quality time together because life takes over. Their kids, their careers, the busyness, everything, it's so much to manage. A lot of couples think, we're married, we're good, right? We don't have to really focus on us, do we? Everything else is more pressing, more important. That's a lie. Your marriage needs oxygen to survive. Are you depriving it? Are you neglecting your relationship? It's a fire. If you walk away from the fire, the flames are going to go out. So this is a major pattern I see with couples when they come through my door 
is they are not having enough quality time together. Number seven, the most important of all, is they are not working through past resentments. Resentments are almost always a part of long-term relationships. I've said it a thousand times because it's so true. And what happens is a lot of people are not actively asking their partner, hey, do you have any resentments toward me? Anything we need to work through? Anything we need to clear the air on? That's the best question you can ask your partner once a week. Do you have any resentments toward me? And if they say yes, make sure you use one of my tools. Those tools are created to keep those conversations safe and constructive. But this is a big pattern I see with couples is they are not working through past resentments. Those past resentments might be from a week ago. They could be from a year ago. They might be from 25 years ago. An analogy to think about this is a river. If you want the water flow where you currently are to be strongest, you know what you have to do? You have to walk upstream to find anything that's blocking the river. You may walk upstream a couple hundred feet and find a log. You might walk up a couple miles and see a log. Wherever there is debris upstream, it has to be removed for the water flow downstream to be strongest. Therefore, never tell your partner there's a time limit of how far back you're gonna to go to listen to resentments. Don't do that because your partner has these resentments for a reason. So ignoring them, it's not gonna make things better. When you have resentments, you shut down. You have walls, you pull away. Emotional and sexual intimacy disappear. So this is a big pattern that I see couples doing is not addressing past resentments. So those are seven patterns and problems I see in couples. Number one, not clearing the air day to day. Number two, not compromising. Number three, not tending to their partner's needs. Number four, not having skills. Number five, not taking ownership for their part to problems in their relationship. Number six, not prioritizing quality time. And number seven, not working through past resentments. Thank you for listening to The Dr. Wyatt Show. If you enjoyed it, be sure to forward it to one other person to pay it forward. And if you want to improve your marriage, be sure to be receiving my ABCs. A is my app, Keep the Glow, KTG. That's to improve your communication. B is my boot camp. That's where you're gonna learn all my skills and tools, plus live support from me once a week. C is coaching. That's where you're gonna work with one of my master coaches to help you and your partner work through your past resentments. You can find the links in the description. And remember, your marriage is alive. If you care for it and nurture it, it will grow. But if you deprive it and neglect it, it will wilt and die. The choice is up to you. Take care.